hey guys what's up i have missed you so much yeah um if you're new here welcome to my podcast my name is sharon mwini yeah welcome to coffee time with history maker i hope you're having your coffee right there with you yeah uh-huh first of all i'm so grateful to each and every one of you who has been very very supportive to me yeah and um Thank you also for sharing with your friends and for commenting, yeah, for the feedback. Thank you so much. Most of you have been giving me positive feedback and uh, I have been responding. Yeah, and I'm happy to be with you guys in this journey where um, we slowly unpackaging how we are able to fit in God's story. So uh, today's topic is going to be destroying altars yes destroying altars i know most of you have heard of these but today we're going to just have a look at it and see what does it contain what what details are there i mean what is there for us to know as young christians yeah an altar according to the dictionary is a raised area in a house of worship where people can honor god with offerings it is prominent in the bible as god's table a sacred place for sacrifices and gifts offered up to god according to me an altar is a place where animals are slaughtered for sacrifice that is a place where blood is shed and where blood cries it is a spiritual dining table where spirits are offered food it is a place of spiritual burial exchange where blood is exchanged for something. It is a place where contact is made with the spirit world and it could be with good or bad spirits. It's a place of spiritual fellowship with either clean or unclean spirits. Yeah, um, so for, for so long I thought altars were just with clean spirits. But with time, I have realized there are unclean spirits. The same way we set a table for God is the same way the, the evil spirits the evil spirits set a table for themselves. Yeah. One thing I have grown knowing is that altars are not for decoration, they're for sacrifices. And now that we have unclean spirits sitting up their own table, that means there are sacrifices. Um, the reason is why I decided to settle on this is that I had a pleasure of um, having a conversation with one of my pastors, a female pastor, and um, well, slowly we, we touched on the patterns and uh, we realized that patterns are there if there are altars that have been set. And so we may struggle with altars because we keep feeding them, but we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We're not aware and um if an altar has been set somewhere then the unclean spirits will show up often need to dine so if we keep feeding them they are full they become powerful and strong enough to pass from one generation to another and so they keep reappearing to this generation to the next one to the next one and if if we don't notice them we'll end up realizing that this whole lineage was damaged a whole time ago because there are altars that have been fed and fed and fed unknowingly 
so see, a place is it, it, it's like a place where covenants are made with spiritual powers we all know what a covenant is it's an agreement it's also a place of deliberation decision and action whether negative or positive we all know that positive alters as well as negative ones for example the cross where jesus died was an altar of sacrifice for the son of god that cross therefore stood for a positive altar which is meant for good purposes that is you and i to be reconciled back to god when someone says your prayer altar is weak it means that your prayer life is nothing to write home about if they say your holiness is equally weak, they're telling you that, that your, your level of holiness is equally weak. It is not up to God's standard. So enemies will raise up the altars to steal, kill, and destroy. An altar can be raised to bless or to destroy, to promote or to pull down. Either a family, an organization, a thing, a person. And this is mainly seen in the Old Testament, where altars are raised to save lives, other altars are raised to destroy the enemies. So many of us, mostly we young people, we're suffering from altars that we know nothing about. We don't even know how they came about. And it's high time we sat down in true patterns. The Bible is telling us that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In Matthew 26 41 watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation the spirit is willing but the weak the flesh is weak uh, once done i'll just give a story a short story um sometimes the devil blinds us he blinds us so that we're not able to notice the patterns and so the temptations come and since our flesh is weak we fall into temptation but our spirit is so much not willing the spirit the spirit is willing not to go back to the same old patterns that's what we find we all have dreams to make it we all bright at school but a small or a slight temptation and we all come down crumbling today i'll be dealing with mostly the altar of sexual immorality the altar of broken marriages The Bible is making it clear that we are fighting against principalities, meaning there is a rank in the evil kingdom. Me, we just we don't just wake up and tell, hey, you devil, you know what? I don't want you here. I'm not going to, to, to have jokes with you. I'm not going to dine with you. No. You have to brace up. You have to brace up and dress for war. You have to be prepared, to be prepared for war. It's high time we delinked ourselves from these links for the sake of our children, our grandchildren. You know, fighting against something that we can see, it's something far beyond. But God is within us. God, the Bible says that He who is within us is stronger than He who is against us. A friend told me recently that. When positive altars are fed, they produce fruits which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility. Because that is the Holy Spirit that is being fed. 
Alternatively, alternatively sorry, when evil spirits spread, they'll produce fruits like anger, um, sadness. You see, it's, 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 it's a two-way traffic. And we have to learn how to stop these evil altars. If we stop them, they will not become strong. They will grow weak and weaker. What is the power of an altar? How much can an altar do to a person's life? There's always power from the altar of God or from the altar of the or the devil. One. Every altar operates with power to control the area and the people that surround surround it. Those who stand in satanic altars have power to control who's, those who live near them. They're responsible of controlling alcohol, bars, prostitutions, drugs, divorces, anger, sickness, and all other evil things in that area. For Satan to work and fulfill his, his mission here on earth or village, there must be an altar where he performs those evil things you see an altar is a dining table and so there has to be a place where the devil prepares himself where he performs his evil things i want to exalt the altar of god more than that more than that of Satan. god dwells in holy altars the church the power of any single ministry is determined by which altar it operates and serves God doesn't punish us based on generational sins, but our inclination to repeat the negative generational patterns can have its own consequences. What do I mean? Let me give you a story. Um, so, you are this young girl. You're not yet married. Or rather, I'll give an example. I, I have a kid. I am a young mother. I am not yet married. And so, um, in this generation, we fond of seeing guys who have married a sacred wedding in this matter approaching me. He has kids, he has a wife. So he approaches me. I have a kid, I am not yet married. And I have dedicated to give my life to Christ and to wait for the man that he has for me. So this guy approaches me, he keeps giving signals, he keeps giving signals. So one day I sit him, I sit him down and I tell him, you see, I noticed you before you noticed me. And the problem is not you. The problem is not you at all. The problem is my family. This is a family demon. This is an altar that has been set. And so I understand you. And I can clearly see the devil that is using you to come and trap me. And I will not fall for it. Come to look at it. Look at what is at stake here. Your children. Will no longer have a father why i mean we're getting together and so let's say uh, now that we are together we have to determine the future of this friendship or rather whatever it is that we have so if you're going to determine the future of whatever it is that we have we can't get married in a church because we're trying to hide it from everyone so that means it's not legal but we need a kid we just can't be together forever it will reach a point we will need a kid so i get a kid first of all i have a kid that i'm not able to raise alone and now i'm getting another one you'll not be fully there you'll have issues with your, with your wife and now you're losing your wife you're losing your kids and this other kid our future 
But what about the work of Jesus Christ on the cross? What about the missions, the project, the work of Jesus at the cross, everything? What about all that? What about repetition? Because going this way, we will not make it. We will have to turn back to God. And so we have to start again from afresh. We have to start afresh. Ask forgiveness. Begin from zero. Build the repetition. So much is at stake. And these tasks this task never goes the Bible is telling us that in John 4 13 to 14 this Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman who has five husbands and Jesus said everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life Revelation 22:17 Drink freely of the water of life drink from the spring today and discover all that you can be in God We run empty we run we run on empty for so long But Christ is offering for us to drink from the spring itself from the source from the source Altars are built by repetitive parts patterns and if we give in to temptations we keep repeating the patterns if altars are fed they keep producing fruits and passing on to generations to generations i'll give you a few patterns in the bible see david battled with lust we see him killing um Bathsheba's husband and then he attacks Bathsheba. And his son Solomon does the same. His son Solomon had 700 wives. Jacob cheated his father, but his son lied and cheated Jacob from his favorite son Joseph. You see? Rebecca showed favoritism with Jacob, and Jacob showed partiality by favoring only one son over the remaining 11. Eli spent more time in the sanctuary and did not correct his two sons when they were young. The sons chose wickedness and they were killed. Hannah disciplined herself and sought the Lord for a child. Her son Samuel became a great prophet of God. Mordecai raised Esther to love people and God. Esther never forgot her values even when she was a queen in a, gent- in a gentle land. Sorry. Zachariah the priest raised his son along with his wife Elizabeth with much prayer. They prayed even before they had a son together. John the Baptist was the, was the voice in the wilderness. What you do today will affect your children and your children's children. But the links have to end here. We have to drink from the source if we have to stop these patterns. We have to end these patterns. We have to stop the chain. The generations after us have to have their eyes open. The devil will no longer have a jock to penetrate. They will never have a hole to penetrate in. In Ezekiel, the Bible says that God will not punish the kids for the sins of the parents. But if we repeat these patterns, then we will be doing the same sins and we are prone to punishment. God does not punish us for our parents' sins. As adults, we must make wise biblical choices and stop blaming our lineage for the messes they caused. We have to draw the patterns and stop them. 
God is the Lord of justice and will not punish anyone will punish anyone who is continuing to live a sinful life hurting others. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11 Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulteries, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. So how do we stop these links? First, recognize destructive habitual behavior. Note down all your personal struggles, any patterns that seem destructive. There is an immediate need to acknowledge the princes of the Lord Jesus, for he alone can break these strongholds. Proverbs 28:13 Every man is conceived in sin and must be transformed by the gospel to be a new creation. For it says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. 2. Be a student of God's word. What does the Bible say about this problem that you're facing? Be prepared to face the devil, dress up for war. Through the powerful name of Jesus, we can resist the enemy and set ourselves free. The word of God will convict you of your hurtful, hurtful behaviors and generational patterns. You can overcome through the one who overcome, overcame the power of dark forces. John 16:8. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. 3. Fast and pray. Pray that the next generation will not struggle with the issues you're facing right now. Job woke up early morning to pray and offer sacrifices on behalf of his children every single day make a conscious effort to eradicate any sinful patterns that you notice through prayers and supplications let us cry for our children in psalm 78 verse 8 they would not be like their ancestors a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to god to god whose spirits were not faithful to him lastly confess sins and surrender the desires face the truth about the issues that have caused a lot of agony to your family and the Lord submit yourself completely to the Lord and resist the temptations remember the Lord has won the battle for us you do not have to struggle with patterns anymore you don't have to struggle without any altar that has been put before any altar that you found and you don't know how it was set up because you can detach yourself today. You can destroy the patterns today. You can stand in the gap for your family. You have every other right to start and say, it will end here. You have the right to stand up and say, the pattern ends here. Because when you are born again, you are a new creation in the Lord. Thank you so much for being with me in this pattern. Sorry, in this session. It was really, really good being with you. And I hope that you will be able to destroy all altars that have been set on your way.